0: You're listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Chris Scales. Good evening. Greg Hectus. What up? Mason Stiver. Brr. Tony Groves howdy fellas and special guest Josh Sleater
1: how's it going fellas
0: hey welcome everybody all right yeah you said burr uh, it's 72 degrees here right now in Phoenix uh I think it got pretty cold up where you guys were at right you suck yeah
1: <laughs> negative 24 today I was even off of work
0: wow what a what a thing! Let's get to know you, Josh Sleader. Uh, um, you just joined our team, uh, Team Tifosi. Uh You've been a listener of the podcast, and you heard us uh, put the call out for team members, and you answered the call. And the timing is good because uh, we're getting ready to start NIS. You're going to run the NIS si- uh, season with us, and amongst other things. And um, so let's get to learn about you a little bit. What first brought you to iRacing initially and how did you first hear about it?
1: Uh, When I was a teenager, I used to race the NASCAR 2003 season with Papyrus. Uh, Once that started fading away, a couple years after that, iRacing was created and I, I learned about it pretty early on. I think I learned about it from TV with Earnhardt Jr. Never had a computer to run it. And a couple years ago, I got a computer and knew that was the first thing I was gonna go do is get on iRacing. racing.
0: All right, of course. Uh, all right, well good. And um tell about tell us about now. Like how often are you racing and what kind of series are you normally running or what car?
1: I'd race anywhere to one to four or five times a week, depending how busy my week is. Typically I run the C trucks in the official just because the race is every hour and it's convenient, but I like to run the A car when I have time to to practice and get used to the car, but typically the C truck's just for convenience.
0: Right. And then you've been talking about running open NIS like maybe once a week, and we were talking about the schedule for that's going to be Wednesday night, Friday night, or Sunday morning, I believe it is.
1: Yeah, I'm going to commit to this year trying to run one fixed and one open every week throughout the NIS. So, yeah, it should be a fun year.
0: All right. Very good. Uh, tell us about any leagues you're involved in or anything like that.
1: I run in the dynasty racing league. Um, they have a website, dynastyracingleague.com. Good group of guys. The admins. Awesome. They run three different series cups, Xfinity and the trucks, uh, Mondays, Tuesdays and Wednesday nights. Uh, I run in the Xfinity in that one. Um, but yeah, that's a that's a fun league to be a part of. They they keep it well organized. It's it's great.
0: You just had a, a really neat event in there. You were telling us about. Tell us how that that event finished out um, compared to where you started.
1: Well, yeah, I, I'm. They're running a winner series right now. I started in the back because I'm not running for points in that series. Didn't want to affect the championship. But two two races left, so I started 18th and just kind of let the race come to me and save my tires. I. Climbed all the way up to sixth and short pitted. I ended up in second place with a uh, one-lap shootout. And coming into three, I was able to force the leader in deeper than he wanted to go. And coming out of four, we were side by side coming across the finish, and he got me, but he only got me by .032 seconds. It was about three feet. It was made for a good picture. It was a fun race.
0: Wow! So position to win on the final lap, you're there and uh photo finish at the end uh well that's always fun to be a part of that it kind of sucks to be the in second place instead of first but at least you're there you know that's the first part is get there every week and then you're going to be a regular winner
1: yeah absolutely sometimes it's fun just to have a good clean competitive race and even if you just shake out top five you know you you had an opportunity that's what makes this fun you know
0: and this is what i love about iRacing is I've been doing this for six years. I've been on this podcast gathering content for six years on doing this stuff. And yeah, I have never in my life heard of dynasty racing league until you came onto our team and, uh, yeah, they have a great website. I, t- I checked it out. Um, uh, they got a roster results, schedule, standing, you know, the normal stuff, even forums. Uh, but it looks like a great, uh, racing league, but what's interesting is iRacing is so big and diverse that there's even stuff that I haven't heard of, and uh, I'm still learning new stuff every day in iRacing.
1: Oh, yeah. That league is recruiting, and they do broadcast every single race, and you can find them on YouTube at uh, Dynasty Racing League. Uh, Everything's broadcast live.
0: Okay, cool. We always like to talk about other leagues. Um, Let's talk about your setup, though, first. Uh, What kind of wheel and pedals are you using? Like how many monitors?
1: I just have the Logitech G 29 set up with the wheel pedals and the shifter. Um, it works well for me. I like having the the buttons on the steering wheel I can use. Um, and I just adjust the, the brace force factor for each track, uh, inside the iRacing options to make the, the pedals run more comfortable per track. And it's mounted to a SIM. Uh, it's open wheeler. You can get it off Amazon. Just, just a comfortable racing, cheap racing rig, just to make iRacing racing a little more comfortable. All
0: right. And you're on one monitor, or?
1: Nope. I started using a Rift about a year ago, and uh, I, I just, I love it. Uh, made. I was on one monitor before that, and it, the Rift just made. I think it probably improved me almost a tenth or two a lap at every track I go to. It's just so much more comfortable and realistic.
0: Right. Right. Well, very good. So you're the VR guy. All right. Third-party software. We know you have TeamSpeak. Uh, do you have anything else?
1: I have Crew Chief. Um, I run it occasion. I'll run it on mainly on road courses because it gives really good updates, good for fuel calculation. Um, on the oval side, I just run the Jimmy Johnson spotter pack. I just like that spotter pack because it's, it's good about the, the still there message. I like to know consistently who's around me if i'm focusing on my marks in the corner
0: yeah exactly so uh i was looking at your stats and um pretty good on the oval you're winning a percentage overall 5.1 percent which is usually that's higher than most
1: yeah i i don't feel like i win that often but i guess what i've heard on your on the podcast that two and three percent is the average so
0: it seems I like it, you know, it after time. bringing people on and looking and, but yeah, I mean that's a pretty good number and um, pretty impressive what I saw there, for only being in this, you know, in the sim for as short a time as you have since 2017.
1: Yep, it's only been a little over a year and a half now. Um, so yeah, yeah, I really, I really enjoy it. It's, it definitely uh, fits, fits what I like to do. It's uh, incredibly realistic compared to some of the console things I've done. In years past, before I ever had a computer that could run it,
0: yeah. And your top five percentage is very high as well. That's another thing that kind of jumped out at me. Like for example, uh, we'll go. We'll talk oval. Twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen. You went from twenty nine percent, thirty two percent, and then eleven percent this year so far. But that's still really high for five, for a top five.
1: Yeah, I, I think I'm. I'm probably not as aggressive as I should be. I tend to be that that guy that that lurks around and takes win get because I I don't want to get too aggressive, ruin anyone's day. Um, but I, I, that's one thing I want to work on getting being smart, but getting more aggressive. Maybe it'll turn into a couple more wins here and there.
0: Well, see, I mean, you taking the next step and joining the team and and being in a team environment that will help grow your driving. I mean, ask Chris. I mean, but... absolutely,
1: absolutely, that's one of the the main reasons I wanted to to join the team and felt really comfortable joining your guys' team if I had the opportunity because I feel like I know you guys all a little bit from listening to the podcast for about six, eight, nine months now.
0: Cool, cool. Well, welcome. We're glad to have you. Uh, let's finish up with a final question. Any, uh, What was your most memorable iRacing moment?
1: You know, we just talked about the race last night. That's definitely up there. I think probably my most memorable up there with that one would be in April. I ran a B fixed at Talladega in the Xfinity cars and I, I love plate racing. So, um, I think there was three laps to go on a restart. I was third second car inside line, got a good jump in the second place. Car fell back and I was able to, as they got a push time, it perfectly pull up alongside, get that push up to the front and was able to pull down in front of the leader on the last lap coming out of four and then just hold off the two lines coming coming to the checker that was that was fun it's just the the adrenaline from that plate stuff just really gets me going i love it
0: heck yeah that's the way that's what it's all about man all right well very good welcome let's uh jump into topics um but first let's talk the obrl the old bastard racing league we actually sponsor them i racers lounge on their monday night event uh, this monday was new smyrna speedway where John Held captured the pole and Jim Westerfield recorded the fastest lap of the race. Uh, David Disjargens gained 23 spots for the most positions gained bonus. The race produced many close battles for position through the field with many position changes. Greg Hectus led 76 laps going on to take the win. What? Greg, you win again. All right.
2: Yeah, it was... uh That was a good race. I I don't know about that track. That's the first time I've raced there, but that's a really a really interesting track for those cars because it's a nice. It's not really a complete short track, but the cars drive really well there. I don't know what uh, Tony and Chris think about it, but uh, I really enjoyed that racetrack. The racing was probably the best it's been in a couple weeks here, and uh, it was just a good race. I had a good battle with uh, for the top spot for most of the race and then pit strategy looked like it was going to you know ruin the win and with just having the wrong pit call and a caution came out late and yeah kind of got it there it was uh the problem was is that caution was on me so i probably didn't deserve that win really so you win but you don't deserve it yeah
0: i really don't actually deserve that win but so the caution was what you just wrote too much aggressive or what?
2: No, I was coming back to the field. I probably would have got a top five, but uh, I came up on a car pretty quickly, and I missed his braking spot coming in the corner. And I saw it the last second, and I slammed on the brakes and slid it sideways to avoid him. And it brought the caution out, which brought the whole field back together. Oh, yeah, you're saying so, if it would have been green, you know, I prop
0: it would have been a top five if that. All right, that's your third win of the season. Uh, John Held finished second, Chris Monroe third, Kevin Rupert fourth, and then Iowa next week. And you're thinking points, right? Well, um, I know Tony had a really good finish in the race,
2: and he's pretty stoked about his stuff. I do Tony. Where did you end up finishing again? Seven.
3: Uh, six. I finished at six. six, I believe it was. Yeah.
0: Good. Yeah, roll. I was.
3: Yeah, I was pretty stoked. I was like, Greg, I just bought the track to be able to race this week. Um, I wasn't, uh, I had like zero confidence after Sunday night. I just was having a hard time trying to find any kind of speed. Um, and, uh, Monday I, I was just able to keep my nose clean for the most part. And that kept me up in the, in the forward section of the field anyhow. And, uh, a lot of <laughs> Greg, Greg was right. as the best racing we've seen. I, I would have to say almost all season. Um, guy guys. Do you remember who take.
2: the admins were? Like uh... they, they I was trying to. Refer, I think it was. It was. Um, Ray uh, was doing one
0: of it, wasn't he? And then I can't
2: remember the other guy's name that was doing the
0: live admin. Yeah, but it was clean compared to some of the other races we were having, right? Oh,
3: extremely clean. Um, yeah, there. There, I saw a lot of give and take out there, which was, uh,
0: you know, real
3: nice. And that was. Uh, definitely a big thing lacking in the in the first part of the season anyhow Um, so that's gotten a lot better Um, a lot of side by side I was doing a lot of side by side racing and um, you know being bottom split NIS it's really hard to uh, to do a lot of that without getting wrecked Um, and these guys when they're on their game like they were Monday and it it is just so much fun and it just does nothing for guys like me you know trying to get uh, trying to become a better racer um it's great and yeah it was probably my best race of the season so far
2: yeah uh, old bastards racing league has taken a really good step in having live admins in the room and i think it's i think down the road it's going to actually help them out a lot better because i think the live admins and the, the way that they were the first two cautions they really dictated the penalties properly to the guys and after they got through those first quick two cautions i think it was and that was it And then I think it was a third caution. That was me. So um, they basically, you know, we raced most of the race under green.
0: Yeah, last night when we ran the trucks, it was a very clean race. Um, um, And they were doing the we may or may not have admins watching uh, things. So but it worked. And and, uh, yeah, I've had a really good time running with them. So Uh, but yeah, good luck on the points, Greg. Uh, I think you're in a good spot, at least in the lead. Yeah, I'm 44 up on the next guy. All right, very good. So let's now go to Topics. Mason, iRacing not top five. Yeah,
4: we had our uh, January highlights for the not top five uh, put together by iRacing. The the uh, Roval made an appearance with the Turtles again. The uh, Daytona 24 made an appearance with some wrecks by the GTEs. Some Rallycross. And uh, you'll have to watch the video, though, to check out number two the main line there because you'll have experienced that one before so a little teaser there for
1: you
0: yeah pretty neat video this is kind of a a funny video is the way i kind of i was smiling i was kind of laughing and chuckling at what i was seeing um it it's much different than the regular top 10 which is like intense racing side by side you know but this is more comical uh and it was kind of a different style for sure very much enjoyed it. Uh, the rally one was pretty funny. And then the Matt Malone, who's the famous streamer guy, he was on the Roval, and he's just f- flying along. And there's a car disabled. He hears it on the spotter, but he just keeps on racing. And the spotter just keeps going. But uh, And then he goes over this blind corner, and boom, there's the car, and he just totally T-bones it. And and uh, it was kind of a funny moment. Oh, yeah, it was a good one. Yeah, racing's doing really good on those. All right, Greg, should we get rain in the sim? I saw this, uh, we saw this uh,
2: coming as soon as we watched that uh, 24-hour race that we knew that this was going to be a topic uh, for discussion. And uh, I'm pretty glad, uh, you know, to see some of the posts about it. Um, I'm just trying to see who originated here. Is it Tony Rick? No, that's not the one who originated. But anyways, they're talking about um the evolution of iRacing and should we put have rain and weather in the sim and uh I don't know our discussion on uh our messenger was pretty good about it uh that you know it would sometimes we feel like we already have weather with everybody losing control but what do you guys think about weather coming to iRacing
0: yeah I I think they need it
2: but I, I don't think it's a high priority
4: I don't need any help spinning out
2: the thing is, is if, you even watch, if you watch the Rolex, you know, even the high, you know, drivers that are professionally trained, they couldn't even keep the cars on the track because it was so bad at that track. I mean, obviously that was excessive rain, but, you know, it looks like it's it's really challenging out there.
1: I'd be a fan of seeing it just, just for the realism. Anything that adds realism to the sim, I'd be a fan of seeing as long as it's done right, you know
0: and it can't be every time every year there's rain No, it needs to be you know like it is in real life you know it needs to be sporadic enough where it's not a normal thing but it can happen
2: i think the other thing if you look at some of the people talking here it's a good evolution thing to have for the sim that's obviously something need to drive you know more participation but when they bring out ai and if you have weather and these changing conditions, you can create your own race the way you want to. It's kind of like, you know, some people like doing those console stuff where you can, or other PC stuff where you can create your own scenario and race in it. So I think that's where people are really wanting it for that, not just saying, okay. Um, you know, I think I saw someone make a joke about, okay, that they want to see the rain on the NASCAR side. So you can just sit on pit road for two hours.
0: <laughs> funny
2: even if they
5: did have rain i think i'd have to have it turned off without a better video card <laughs> that's a lot of particles
2: yeah all those things being drawn yep and then and a wiper or something or tear off some more and stuff like that on your screen all right
0: yeah i think eventually it's a good idea but i don't know if we're in a hurry for it all right uh chris what's next uh web patch and release notes yeah, we had a few
5: updates this week uh, looks like the one today is already over that was just for the uh, beta interface um, but I didn't have I don't have any patch notes for any of these updates except for looks like the one on the 31st and I'm sorry the 24th and even that one I, I, I'm not seeing anything other than just some buggy bugs I, I didn't really see any, anything big this week worth mentioning unless i was just missing something yeah they're
0: they're putting their bubble gum on the holes of the submarine that's leaking water that's called the ui beta but yeah, yeah. They, they're they trying to patch it up but it's a mess uh yeah so they did that and there was a proper release but there, but mason and i could not find release notes and i don't think they actually did put out release notes
5: yeah i'd like to see what they did today i think um yeah the, the other two were probably just uh some pretty small little bug fixes, but I'd be curious to know what they did to the, the beta UI today. I mean, get out and back and shoot it <laughs> start over.
0: All right, and then uh, my turn, updated forums. Uh, Alexander Horn said, uh, new forums are coming that will be accessible from the new UI and on mobile. In their current state, the new forums are 100 times better. We have just started testing all of the new features. So that's pretty cool, confirmed for the iPhone and the Android. That'll come in real handy because, you know, especially for some of the stuff that we check out all the time for the podcast. Well, when you look at a forum page now on an iPhone, it's not pretty to read. It's really hard to read because you have to zoom in and scroll around. And I mean, it's just not mobile friendly at all.
1: No, it was nice to see an upgrade to the forums as well because it seems like right now it's they're a little hard to navigate and it's a little hard to to search and find Searches things. Search is horrible. Oh yeah, it's absolutely miserable.
0: Yeah, you search something and you see something from twenty twelve, you know, at the top result, you know, stupid stuff like that. Uh, okay, yeah. So new forums coming. Uh, Tony Formula Three lift kit. <laughs>
3: yeah, this is uh. Pretty funny little post, actually. Um, uh, oh, Teddy Weichel? I'm going to go with that name. Um, he says he was involved in an incident and had a little damage. So the car was drivable, but had a meatball flag, went into pit, and the car was thrown around violently and subsequently destroyed. Is this a no-one issue? And, uh, you know, he, he attached the replay. Thankfully, somebody cut cut to the part where uh, he, he pulls into the pit. The car gets lift up to change all the tires and stuff, and all of a sudden, maybe he pulled into the wrong pit stop, and they didn't like that because his car just starts bouncing around everywhere. Um, and I think he ends up about halfway back uh, towards the start of pit road. Um, the car is just bouncing all over the place and into the wall. and um,
0: it was... Bouncing Mexican jelly bean is the term I came up with. He, he's just bouncing around, you know. It,
2: it looks like they, rena- they named this
0: wrong. It should be hydraulics. It looks like it's on hydraulics.
4: I'd be oh. so pissed if this happened during a race.
0: Oh, no doubt. It happened during somebody's race. Oh, he said it was a practice. But what's interesting is, uh, yeah, he just pulls in. Uh, they change the tires. And then the car just starts bouncing, man. And then it just destroys it.
4: Well, it was like while it was changing the tires, it felt like you could see the front end going off the jack.
0: Yeah, just kind of lifting up into the air. It kind of does look like, you know, the low riders that pull up to the stop sign and use their hydraulics and bounce their car around. Someone said sweet hydros, bro. Yeah, pretty cool. Uh, That was funny to see. I've never seen anything like that. Uh, All right, Mason, the IR or IndyCar Oval Fixed Season 2 Schedule.
4: Yeah, uh, Alexander Horn posted up that we're looking for input on the Oval Fixed IndyCar series for season two. Um, a lot of the, the the comments on here have been talking about dynamic weather being added to that, so something to take into account when you're thinking about your tracks. So, yeah, post your uh, post your comments there and get your
2: schedule picked
0: well that's just one of all the cars they're looking for input on all the schedules so
2: they've never run a fixed one because this kind of ties into the next topic as well because it looks like they're trying something different here with a fixed indy car if i i don't believe they've run a fixed one i could be right. wrong but
0: so get into that greg
2: so we're going to the next one here so i guess it's a poll. i always love poles so uh Should the the in-car adjustments be allowed for the fixed racing? So yes or no on the pole. So it's yes for adjusting bars and wedge, please, or no for steering and gas brake, uh, brake bias stuff. So let's see what they put. I'll just put yes for right now. So it looks like yes is taking over on that right now, um, by 75% to 25%, but, uh,
0: well, it's an interesting discussion.
2: But what do you guys think? I mean, it's a fixed series. And I think Mitchell DeJong kind of points it out properly here by saying, you know, even, uh, hold on, sorry, even if uh, there is wedge adjustment, it's a fixed series. Um, it, 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 you, you know, you want everybody to be running, uh, you know, you don't want to run fixed if the whole idea is to get the same car through the race. And if the setup sucks, you just deal with it, right? So it's, you know, I, it to be the same in the NASCAR. I was talking about this when the reasons you know, the season started. You know, when the track changes temperature, would you make, you know, you want to make adjustments if the t- car is changing, the track's changing? When we didn't have that before. So, what do you guys think about adjustments in the fix series? No, no, I vote no. I mean, yeah, keep them up.
0: I'm not. I'm the guy that would this would affect because I don't do setup stuff. I just don't. I don't adjust brake bias during a race. If I had a weight jacker and adjustment bars, I wouldn't know what to do with them. And I don't. And I just don't do them. And, and you know, I'll be in the Indy 500, but I don't fool with that crap. But, and I'm that guy. And so when you change this and say yes, and you add that to fixed races, now I'm at a disadvantage because I don't have buttons mapped and I'm not doing all that. And the other guys do. And they're having a better car because they're making adjustments to it. I don't think it's fair anymore. So that means it's not fixed to me. And it's seven pages of discussion here about it. And, uh, yeah, there are some passionate people on both sides of it. Fixed is
5: fixed. Like, I, I just, that says it all to me. I, if you want to do that kind of stuff, go run open.
0: Yeah, exactly. There's a reason that we don't have it in the car now in a fixed race. And then why would we change that? Nothing's changed. And so, yeah, leave it alone. That's what I say. <laughs> All right, Tony, Mazda Hot Lap Challenge. Yeah,
3: so Logan Clampett wins the Mazda Hot Lap Challenge and earns himself a ride in a real Mazda MX-5 around Virginia International Raceway, uh, and that will be in April. Wow,
0: that's a nice uh, prize. And he yeah. also got to go up on the flag stand during the 24 hours, too. Oh, is that what that other part is?
3: uh i man i suck at this one i was um, just
0: looking at it i i remember seeing him on twitter he posted up a picture from him on the flag stand and uh but yeah he won this event and then mazda hooked him up you know with good you know a good place to watch the race and all that well yeah that's
3: a yeah I, I i didn't see that uh i didn't see that picture i'm not even on twitter so um no that's that's awesome so yeah you get like Super cool seats for the 24. You get to uh, drive a real MX-5. Um, that that that's a that, that's a hell of a prize to win.
0: Yeah, teammate James O'Brien was at the 24 as well as Bobby Jonas, both from our team. Um, uh, James said he didn't do it, uh, but he did do other boosts that had Forza or GT. Uh, the boosts that had iRacing were nicer though. Uh people from all ages were trying it out. Uh Mazda was touting it as the best sim in the world. Uh Michelin had no sort of advertising for it, but a guy asked me if I played at home. And so uh that was a report from James O'Brien and uh Bobby Jonas was up uh was working, so uh we didn't get much report from him about it, but
4: That's awesome they had that stuff out there. Yeah. And more than just Mazda, so that was cool.
0: All right, Chris, another poll. Best VR headset? Yeah, a poll posted by Jesus
5: Zamora um, asking just that. uh, What is the best VR headset? And uh, his choices that he posted were the Oculus Rift, the HTC Vive Pro, the Samsung Odyssey Plus, and the Primax 5K and it looks like the oculus won, uh 49 uh but <laughs> i think uh, uh another guy here on the will fishery said i think people are voting for what they have rather than what is the best <laughs> which right. i think yeah. is what happened here fanboy yeah but it's a it's a good post uh, there's a, a couple pages of posts to read through and there's some decent discussion in there on um between the different headsets um my, I personally have only had used the Rift and uh like going coming from a mon- one monitor I would definitely recommend getting a uh, a headset if uh, you don't have a problem with the motion stuff but I yeah I don't know that the Rift is the one that anybody would still want these days if um nothing else you know money wasn't an option I think so, um Odyssey Plus probably has the best screen from uh let like what Mason's research shows here or the here. Pimax yeah oh yeah the primax uh the, with a field of view um a two hundred and I think yeah it has a five k screen four or five k screen if I'm not mistaken so, yeah. i mean there's 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 a lot of options out there um right now, I think with the rift, you're still pretty safe. and the the rift the the samsung those those things are pretty safe on a i racing side I haven't really looked into a lot of these to find out how well iRacing racing is supporting them but i I don't know that
0: I've seen any complaints from any of these headsets. So what's interesting to me is HTC Vive is the lowest rated one on the poll. And that's probably right. That's not going to be the one to get, the HTC Vive. So just cut that off the list. So now you're down to the Rift, the Odyssey Plus, or the Pimax. But what's left off this list is that new Lenovo that Justin Laird got. That's only $100. And really, I think that's the answer to this poll. What the best VR headset is? I think it's the Lenovo, based on the price and the functionality you're getting for that price. Uh, that headset co- figuratively, is as good as the Rift or better, and it's only a hundred dollars. Yeah, I think yeah, you're only losing you know, a
5: losing a little bit of resolution with with that one. So that, that's definitely the way I'd go if I was getting one now. I'd probably yeah, get that for a hundred bucks. Yeah, and then just to, keep to try that it. For, yeah. Yeah, and then you know, in a year or two, when some of these 5K headsets, maybe a wireless headset, you know, we get something newer later down the line. But I'm not spending, you know, a grand or more on some of these others when you can pick up that one for a hundred bucks.
1: You know, one that's not on the list is that Star VR headset. If you got thirty-two yeah. hundred yeah. dollars laying around and uh, two 1080 Ti's in your computer, maybe you could run it. But <laughs> yeah. at yeah. least, at least it's exciting to see where the future of VR is going. Because I run the Rift and love it, but I can't wait to see what we'll be able to run in four or five years.
0: Yeah, we talked about those really nice ones last week, I think, or the week before, and there are other ones out there, but these are the ones that are people actually are using and whatnot are fairly popular. It seems like every other week
5: now we're seeing a different one pop up. It's it's good to see to see that it looks like VR is going to be here to stay. I think that's good for sim racing because they're definitely good for that.
1: I just can't wait till VRs with peripheral are just standard and affordable. I wish I had more peripheral with the Rift.
0: Right. Well, Facebook, you know, killed off the Rift or tried to, so I don't know what's going to happen with Rift. I think they're going to be left in the dust if they can't get a new version out. Well, let's keep going. Uh, I think this might be the big topic of the week. Uh, Eric Kudek from the iRacing staff posted up uh, the uh, in reference to the A car. New rules package is in testing now, referring to the 2019 rules package that NASCAR is adopting. It'll be ready for the March build, or it should be ready for the March build, he said. So that's big, guys. I don't remember uh, a time I've been in iRacing where uh, a rule change came through with NASCAR and we got it in the March build. Normally, we got it in the June build or even later in the year like August and stuff like that is what I remember last time
1: do we do we know how they're going to implement this with the current cards we have with the um, arrow ducks and everything is there anything commented on that
0: there's no other comment besides what I said I read so we don't have any details and we were talking about this uh, uh, somebody on the team uh, and I were about graphically, what do they have to change? I mean, if they're going to change anything graphically, because the splitter on the back of that car is like three or four inches taller. Well, you're, oh, go ahead, Mason.
4: Well, and then thinking about that as well, the front end—Are you going to change the Fusion, or are you just going to put the Mustang out at the same time?
2: The the thing that I see on it is, you know, Bobby and was talking about this too. Is there's already there's we already have a ver- different versions of You know, even if you look at when you're painting the cup car, you know, you got uh, there's a super speedway extensions that go on the car that you got to paint extra that don't are only on there when the super speedway tracks are on. The Indy car has different configurations for different tracks for road and oval and then the Indy 500. So they can just all they have to do is they're going to probably have to change the templates and they're also going to have to change just the way the car, you know, it's just a it's just going to be a graphic image. Probably that's gonna change, you know. It's gonna have ducks that are in different places at different, tu- you know, for different tracks, and it, all it's gonna be is you're just gonna see it, and then uh, you'll only notice it when it changes for each track. You won't notice the difference. You're only gonna notice the difference if you compare it like a screenshot from your Daytona car to your, you know, another car. That's the only time you're really gonna re- notice
0: it because all they're gonna look the same in other room, right? So they I don't could know. Do the- You know, what I'm saying is they could do the change and not do any graphical changes, and nobody's even going to realize it. You know what I mean? They don't have to change the graphics. They could just lower the horsepower and put the stupid restrictor plate on it or whatever they're doing. They could do that, too. Like, we don't even know if they're going to do
2: it.
5: One takeaway I I get from this is, um, do you think that NASCAR is way more heavily involved in iRacing now Um, with the the new... uh,
0: series director yeah
5: that stuff and and this because i racing doesn't move as fast <laughs> no way yeah you know i mean this definitely has nascar's fingerprints all over it doesn't it? that's that's what i think that's i, I kind of got that takeaway from a, a former teammate and yes yeah, i racing i mean this this wouldn't be there till next year unless nascar
2: was saying you guys need to make your racing like our racing well yeah, i wonder how much this also drive you know will they drive getting that that mustang scanned as quickly as possible too so it looks, you know, because well, now they're gonna promote that peak series. Well, you got Penske in there, you got other, you got other companies in there that are actually the Ford Mustang. They're gonna
0: want that. Yeah, the Wood Brothers in there. So you're gonna want that. Yeah, that's a good point. Will the Mustang come quick as well? Um, I don't think they're tied together, as Mason was asking, is the 2019 rules package and the Mustang. I think they'll be separate from each other. But to Greg's point, they'll probably come out quick because NASCAR is probably pushing it.
4: Yeah, I just hope NASCAR doesn't push too fast and they start putting out stuff that's not complete.
0: Well, NASCAR had their test today, and I watched it um, from Vegas with about half the cars uh, doing practice. And it was very encouraging what I saw, but some of the bad side of it was they were seconds slower than the B car, uh, the Xfinity car. Um, you can't have the cup cars slower than the Xfinity, can we? I mean, that's going to be weird. They shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. Why would you, you know, what's the point? What's the point in having the Xfinity Xfinity Series if that cup car is slower? Right. And so to my point is that just happened literally three hours ago from this recording. And so NASCAR, what are they going to do about it? They're going to change the 2019 rules package probably. So that's not the case where they're, you know, slower than the Xfinity. And so with changes coming... You know, is it too soon for iRacing to adopt that? That's usually the reason is, you know, NASCAR really doesn't have a lot of te- test time with this package. And so are they going to tweak it? Probably because of these speed differences. And, you know, how is that going to affect what iRacing is working on? You know, pretty cool. I think it, it's cool that it's coming quick. Uh, that's, I don't know if I'm excited for it or not. I'm still on the fence. It's funny
2: how we've... Uh... Name this as a hashtag too soon when we normally say ha- hashtag soon.
0: Yeah, hashtag too soon for this. Well, yeah, you know, because Daytona doesn't count. Uh, Atlanta doesn't count because of the, the surface. So they're not going to get good read on the package there. And then Vegas will be the third race. And that'll, win. that'll be when we really know if, uh, how this package will be run, you know, when there's 40 cars on the track and how will it work out. Are they doing the package
2: for Atlanta?
0: Yeah, but uh, the drivers, from what I've heard on some podcasts and stuff, they they don't think it's going to change the racing much, the package will, because of the tire fall off. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's a pretty abrasive track. Right. All right, Mason, peak setup guys forum.
4: Yeah, um... So this might be expired I guess in a couple weeks here but um there is a uh forum thread that we talked about last week that I, I just want to mention again because it's been updated since then. It's it's the peak setup guys forum. Um it was uh created by Jason Sealer Sealer and uh people like Brandon Hastings and uh, Christian Schouner were on there talking setups and answering any questions you have. So Uh, The NIS season's coming up. Get your setup tips and uh, make some stable setups with the current rules package that we have.
0: And if you really want to know how little you know about setups, you go read this thread. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's like right over my head. I have no idea what they're talking about.
4: Yeah, it's lots of good stuff, though.
0: Yeah, if you want to learn, this is gold. Absolute gold to read this stuff. Uh, So you search the word Peak Setup Guys. That's the name of the thread. All right, Chris, when you don't feed your pit crew.
1: Yeah,
5: next is a a quick seven-second YouTube video posted by NASCAR Painter. And it looks like he was in a a truck race, and the guy in front of him uh, pits, and when his tire changers are running from the right side to the left side of the car, they transform from regular crew members into these slender men slash wavy two tube two guys and stretch out all across the screen it actually kind of startled me the first time i inflatable
2: watched it to arm tube guy vacuum inflatable d- <laughs> yeah,
5: yeah it's, check this out and uh yeah give him a couple of thumbs up i think he's only got 80 views and a couple of likes and yeah this little quick six seven second video is pretty funny a uh, nascar painter on uh, youtube
0: isn't there, like, a, a movie, something about Nightmare, and it has a character that kind of looks like this, and I do Oh, know. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, Christmas nightmare slash Halloween, Christmas. yes, yes. Yeah, so Jack's imagine Kelly. that, and, uh, and so the tire changers, yeah, they just kind of warp into these, uh, stretch guys that are, like, 12 feet tall, you know, and their arms are all tweaked out, and their fingers stretching out three feet each, and... Yeah, it looks very odd. <laughs> yeah, in VR, if I was pitting behind that guy, that that honestly probably would have made me crap myself if I saw those things coming at me. Now, I did ask, because you might say, well, how did he get the video of a pit crew in front of him? Because you can't see other people's pit crews. And I actually asked the question in the Facebook thread on this. And uh, I was answered that he actually... His car is the one that's being pitted, but when he did the replay, he got in the car that's sitting in the pit box behind and filmed it from there. So you could see it, like, from behind. Yeah, he just moved the camera into the car. Right. But, (laughs) uh, yeah, you know, like I said, every day I see something new, and, boy, you see this, and you're like, whoa, that is odd. All right, Greg, Pro 4 Truck.
2: All right, so James Vinning... Uh, he's obviously a huge uh, truck racing fan here with the the off road trucks. So he was asking the question if they were going to, um, since they're doing, because they're doing the Pro 2 truck um, has been confirmed. Um, he was asking if uh, they're working on a Pro 4 truck. I guess you know, t- and then Tony Gardner had chimed in that they are working on a Pro 4 truck as well. Um, now, the difference, I, you know, I guess most of you can probably figure out what the difference between a Pro 2 truck and a Pro 4 truck is, and usually it's two-wheel drive is for the two-truck and the four-wheel drive for the four-truck, but then there's some other minor differences, you know, in the different categories, so it'd be interesting to see once these series come out, because those trucks are fun to watch. Have you guys ever watched uh, the Lucas oil trucks?
0: Yeah, so that's going to be wait. fun to drive.
5: Yeah, Mike, you'll, you'll probably take like a duck to water with these things. I need mean, to do pretty good with the GRX stuff. I do not, but
0: I am. I will learn because these things look fun as hell. Yeah, it's a big, it's a step up from rally. It certainly is. The rally cross is fun, but boy, this is going to be a lot more funner because of the horsepower. You know,
1: I've uh, I've been to one of these races. We have a a track, Crandon Raceway. Um, Near us, and man, it is wild. The horsepower is crazy. Um, Actually, one of the drivers in the series owns a logging company in the same industry in the same area. That's a professional driver, so yeah, this is pretty exciting to see come. And I've seen these for years around here.
4: If you scroll on down that Lucas Oil page, I want to get one of those pro buggies here.
2: That probably won't be far off. Some of these will probably be things that'll be added in the future. Yeah, we
5: need uh, more indoor courses for these things because most of these these truck races, oh, the one I've seen anyway was with Lucas Oil and Inside. And that sound, just kind of what, uh, like Josh said, it sounds a lot different. So, man, that would be really cool to to get a few more of those indoor venues like the Chili Bowl and, and run these trucks
2: on them. The other thing that's interesting about these is, you know, they don't, You know, they can make up the tracks on stuff we already have existing like they've done with the Rallycross. So I think that's what they just need to start using their imagination and start making up some of these tracks. Yeah, and
0: there are purpose-built tracks, too, that are coming that will be part of the package. And uh, I bet you we'll get this this year, probably this summer would be my guess. All right, uh, next up, Kyle Larson and Christopher Bell uh, sat down and put out a a video, uh, basically just them sitting next to each other asking each other some questions and stuff um they talked about their their start in racing and how they got involved in dirt and and uh their rivalry they talked about uh i racing uh they talked about uh racing for several minutes about uh how they use it on a regular basis to practice for upcoming tracks um the all kinds of stuff um what did you guys think i i I found it pretty fascinating uh to watch and it was a several minutes uh long as well
3: i really like this uh this conversation we got to kind of uh you know be a fly on the wall and that's how it felt to me it was very very casual and it was just like you know two buddies sitting around um you know shooting the shit about uh things they like to do and I found that probably about the most appealing part of it, second to the, you know, the, uh, you know, the topics that they were talking about is really good stuff that they were, they were talking about, kept the interest up.
0: Yeah. And they both talked about how they got involved in the development of dirt on iRacing. And Kyle was saying, you know, how during the week he would get on once or twice and try out the updates. That they were doing and he, he was saying like each week it would get better and better and better and and you'd give feedback and you, and you could see the next week that feedback you know has taken effect and um, and then christopher bell also talking about the development of dirt saying you know you, you want to make it right you know you you want to because all these people are going to be on it and they'll know you've been in, involved in the development of it so you really focus on getting that feedback right so it's not too, you know, unrealistic. You want it to be realistic.
4: And I thought it was cool that Bell kind of idolized uh, Larson a little bit, it seemed, when he was growing up. Right.
2: And the funny thing is, they're not far off in age to be, you know, idolizing. You'd think there'd be a big gap, but it's kind
0: of just, you know, these two guys are like the future of the sport. Yeah, they got a neat rivalry going. Uh Mason, you had a question about the midget car in his dining room. Yeah, I've seen it uh, pictures of it. He definitely has, instead of a dining room table, he's got a midget car. And yes, he's getting married, and yes, his uh, fiance is okay with that.
4: He was saying that she took it apart and put it in there.
0: Yeah, she helped uh, put it in there, yeah. I read that. Yeah, that's awesome. Better put a ring on it then. All right, Uh, Tony, OMG, servers are down. Panic.
3: Yeah, Panic is right. Um, I think we may almost, if not all of us, were were hit by this one um, Monday. For anybody that was trying to race, anyways, uh, couldn't get into anything. Um, I know it, uh, it it messed up the the old bastards' uh, ARCA race on Monday. We had to postpone that till Tuesday.
2: And they um, were gonna cancel it.
4: Well, you guys get so cranky because you're old bastards.
3: That's right, that's right. We <laughs> kick and stomp our feet until we get what we need. Um, yeah, it looked like, uh, it sounded to me like it was uh, from from the switch over, uh, something had
0: messed up. The weekly um, switch from the schedule?
3: Yeah, Nicholas Bailey came onto the forums and um, somebody had asked if there's like a, a server monitoring thing for to alert staff that something would happen because a lot of them were unaware that anything was going on. Um, and Nicholas Bailey says uh, not quite like that. Said the scheduler is looping, and that specific case is not caught by existing monitoring. Um, they'll they'll get that fixed in the future. So if something like this were to happen again, it would be uh, it would show up on the radar a little more quickly. Um, but it looked like that that bug took quite a while to fix. Um, From what I can tell, it wasn't fixed until early Tuesday.
0: Yeah, all Monday night, I think. uh, Yeah, Facebook was blowing up. I was at work, and I was seeing all these posts on Facebook about, oh, iRacing's down, iRacing's down, and yeah, it seemed to be for quite a while.
2: The thing I noticed is that the amount of people that don't look at other people's posts, there was five or six pages that got made pretty quickly about the same problem. Just one after another, they're all in the
0: general topics right at right to the top, yep, and then the uh, there was part two, Tony,
3: yeah, now, I was kind of reading that, and they said they were having and they that they're yeah it's a known issue with the internet explorer uh edge browsers that have been reported and they're being looked into um and in the meantime, please use Chrome, Firefox, or the beta UI,
2: if you dare. Um, I let the comment lay it down further. <laughs>
3: yeah, I, I I didn't read all that far down. Um, I didn't really understand.
0: Well, look, who if uses can, Edge? Well, that's what I was gonna say. If you're using Edge, you got bigger problems.
3: I mean, I think I Internet Explorer, Explorer was an Edge.
0: Come on, get a real browser. Yeah, <laughs> like, I have four browsers running. Internet right,
3: Explorer but... worked well in like the frickin' nineties. Um, you know, you can
2: just make a new window gray. I was <laughs> <I'm> just kidding.
4: <laughs> it yeah. seems the issue was you couldn't join sessions in Edge if
3: you're going from the website. Okay. Well, anyhow, uh, apparently the fix is in for Internet Explorer. So all of you guys still stuck in the bloody nineties, um, <laughs> you're good to go.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I, that was kind of a funny one because I can't imagine people are still using Internet Explorer and Edge, but I guess people do. All right, Greg, the iRacing top ten. This is the real one. All right, so this is you
2: know it's a quick one that's put out every month. Uh, we'll you know we spend time on it. anybody that wants to go see it, it's on the iRacers dot uh, com Facebook page. They had the top ten for this month uh, for or for the month of January. And uh, there's pretty, pretty good videos for uh, it. There's a lot of, clo- it looks like the theme this month was a lot of close finishes again. Like that's what they're showing. Yep. You know, it start, started off with uh, a guy avoiding three wrecks and then taking a win on a, you know, side-by-side battle. So it looks, pre- it was a pretty good uh, uh, showing. So what did you guys think of the top 10?
0: Yeah, four wide for the win. I mean, there's a, all the side-by-side good stuff uh and then there was one that was a uh, towards the end that was a 24-hour race and the battle for fourth and fifth place came down to a photo finish after 24 hours yeah i thought that was probably the coolest one on the list for me i mean that, that's crazy and uh yeah it's a, it was a you know normally good video as usual okay next up i'll take is uh marco andretti testing uh uh dakota and laguna seca on a snow day as we alluded to there's been a lot of snow and uh he went and borrowed his friend Sage Karam's rig apparently and uh Sage was putting up on uh Facebook and Twitter uh pictures of Marco uh making laps and so now you know Marco Andretti is on iRacing now is he using Sage's account or what I don't know <laughs> but he's using his rig oh even <laughs> Indy cars use it Indy
2: car drivers you can't even tell if he's using his account because he's got the wrong browsers
0: open on the or the things on the screen open to see if it is. Oh, he's on lap timing, and yeah, you can't see the name. All right, Mason, Pro Series Replays.
4: Yeah, uh, Drew Adamson's calling up uh, for any 2019 NASCAR Pro Series Replays in full. Um, just for, I'm assuming they're going to make a video, so send them to Adamson at iRacing.com.
0: So that's the pro series I just finished that brought 20 guys into the peak. And uh, that wasn't broadcasted. And I guess they want to do something with it now after the fact. All right. I got the next one. Uh, Let's talk peak. Uh, They're having their series draft. Okay. So uh, the truth is they actually already had it. They had it yesterday. And the results are top secret, obviously. Uh, There's been radio silence on the results. Nothing. Nobody has spoken a peep and I'm sure there's a lot of uh, legal paperwork called non-disclosures that are floating around my guess is they do the they do the actual draft on Wednesday they're gonna publish the results on Friday on Facebook Live I think at 3 p.m. Eastern and um, then they're gonna post it to YouTube after the fact as well but they're gonna have a video of some kind that will announce the results of the draft Uh, so why do they need two days before they announce? Probably to do this kind of paperwork. Non-disclosure, they got to sign these guys up to the teams, and that's my guess, but I have no idea why there's a delay. We kind of thought that when they had the uh, draft on Wednesday that we would actually hear the results live or you know, maybe shortly after. But no, we have to wait two days, so it's kind of weird. They were teasing like
2: crazy over Twitter and all that. Like, really teasing people.
1: It really feels like they should have done this live, keep promoting this series to get bigger and bigger. I mean, this is the elite series that NASCAR and iRacing are hooked up together. I, I would have definitely watched it live. I think they could have promoted it better.
0: Right. Now, 12 teams took two drivers each, so only 24 of the 40 are drafted. Uh, they did put out a nice PDF. Um, That is a slideshow with the pictures, stats, and interesting facts of each of the 40 drivers. Uh, What we talked about was their face. You could actually see a picture of the driver. And this is the first time that I've actually seen a lot of these people's faces. Um, And so it was interesting to, you know, place a face with a name, so to speak. And uh, Mason, I think you and I were talking about that. What were some of the surprises?
4: Christian challoner having a full mane of hair oh
0: yeah he's got great. a huge hair going on uh that was interesting
4: uh I was just scrolling through them um Malik what? Ray
0: uh kind of uh he looks just like he sounds I'll say it like that
4: yeah just scrolling through him it looks like a lot of young guys
0: yeah oh and average I, age I think is my overall I thought uh, it would be yeah I think my initial reaction was uh Nerd report, you know, a bunch of nerds. (laughs) Well, thanks, Mike. Now we're not going to get them on here now because of that. Well, I'm just kidding and all. But uh, it it is interesting to see pictures. I think that's a great thing that they put together uh, right before the draft, uh, probably for the teams so they can make a a choice. They have something to look at, you know. That would be my (laughs) guess. Uh, So it will be broadcast Friday at 3 p.m. Chris Overland – he ran a forty-yard dash to improve his draft stock, and so uh, right before the draft, he was trying to get some noise on Twitter, and uh, and so he put up a little video about it, trying to you know gain got some, gain some attention, I guess. Uh, and then a uh, high performance motorsports driver, Nicholas Morris, created a mock draft, uh, and he put it on SoundCloud as kind of like a podcast kind of thing. Him and another guy. I did actually listen to it. It's about 24 minutes long. Uh, They go through all of what they think the the 24 team or 24 drivers would be picked and who would pick who, what team would get what driver, and basically just kind of went in order of seeding of how the uh, draft might go. You know, and obviously they picked Ray Alfala as the first guy. And I think Ryan Hunter or Ryan Michael Luza was second. And then I think it was Michael Conti, and so on.
4: Yeah, boy, if you're the Wood Brothers, I mean, you'd be stupid not to pick Ray.
0: Well, I wonder how it works with the teams and how, who gets first choice and all that. I mean, well, I that have no was, idea.
4: that first link there has the it has the draft order, and Wood Brothers is first.
0: Oh, they are?
2: Okay. My question is, okay, a lot of these guys have, you know, some of these guys have been running, uh, you know, certain brands on the cars since the start like say like Ray fallow I think has been at a ford since he started on here um when they started having different things what if he got drafted by like jr motorsports junior motorsports and he has to do it, and obviously he'd switch because he's obviously going to do it but you know there's different things like that that go into it sponsorship I
4: saw, yeah i saw somewhere it said that all sponsorships are null and void but i don't know if that was a reliable source or not
0: Yeah, the sponsorship I think is a big thing. Like if these people have existing sponsorship and that they've already cut a deal to have a sponsor on a logo on a car and now they're in a Woods Brothers car instead, what happens, you know, with that original sponsorship, you know? And so that's still an open question. Uh, So then the, the... it happened. They finished. Uh, Michael Conti was uh, tweeting about his excitement about the draft, and then Junior Motorsports and Wood Brothers actually tweeted out uh, pictures of their paint schemes as well. And kind of, uh, we also got uh, paint schemes from all the uh, some of the other teams as well. Flipside Tactics, Renegade, and Williams F1 as well.
2: So that's then, what I'm saying. If they got to run these paint schemes, what does that do for these
0: guys' previous sponsors? Yeah, they're Sol or I don't know. Yeah, that's an ongoing question in the forums that nobody seems to know.
4: I like that Williams one.
1: I like that flip side number 63. That That's a sweet looking paint scheme.
0: And then Wood Brothers took it one step further. They put up a picture of their newest employee. Did you see that? Yes. <laughs> and so what that is, is that the picture of the, the guy holding the pit sign and... Uh, they kind of photoshopped a, like a big old beard onto the guy <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's kind of funny
4: and they said uh it's also not netcode that his left foot is off the ground he's just lopsided naturally
0: <laughs> yeah it looks there like the reason uh, they put a beard on him I don't, It's just a joke i guess was there one of those drivers that had a big beard i don't think so i don't think uh, they're referring to a driver
4: bobby zelensky did
0: Keep but, that
2: in mind, just in case.
0: Yeah, we'll uh-huh. have to see who they pick. Huh?
4: I don't think he'll fall to twenty-fourth because that's their second pick.
0: But I was gonna say, yeah. Anyway. Anyway. All right. Well, this is good. This is a big step, guys. A uh, team's involved in peak, and we'll find out tomorrow, I guess, what the results are. Uh, I, those twenty, those forty guys on peak. I commend them for keeping their mouths shut over these forty-eight <laughs> hours. I'm sure it's hard, and and they know the results, obviously.
2: There's got to be more on the line than just the hundred grand, then, too, with well, the sponsorships.
0: Yeah, they are going to pay uh, extra to these guys that are going to be in the teams.
4: Yeah, I
3: believe it was five hundred.
0: Cool. Okay, let's keep going. Tony, pesky throttle bug.
3: Yeah, Adam Crane uh, posted up uh, an issue that he was having, um, and it was in uh, Daytona IMSA. He was in a practice session and uh he said he'd have full throttle but his engine power would intermittently decrease and as he said at some point once the throttle is released with no inputs the rear of the car would just spin almost like the differential becomes uh suddenly locked and uh a, a few people posted up different things like oh it could be this or it could be that um but david tucker said you know that is uh Really odd, it's not the pedals, they're working properly. So he said he'd pass it along to the engineers and see what they say. Um so far there's not really uh, you know, much. Eric Hudek came back on and said he went through the replays and uh he didn't seem to see any obvious anything obvious that would contribute to the issues. Um he said may delete the car's directory and re download that. Um it wasn't didn't say that it actually. Yeah, I don't think worked. they got a
0: fix. Yeah.
3: No, because he came back to say that he had the same issue with the the Corvette DP and the uh, Mercedes GT3. It
2: sounds
0: oh. like he's got a buggy pedal Pedals. that's not showing. Yeah, but it's kind replays, of hard to detect. But he posted replays, and the replays show graphically that the throttle is wide open, and so that's why they're saying it's not the pedals. Well, sometimes, like, you know, it's weird. Yeah, very odd one. I don't, so we'll have to see where that gun goes. I don't have that problem, so. Okay, Chris, what should we race? Yeah, next we
5: have a forum post from Linus A. From Scandinavia. And he's made a nice little app uh, that you can get to at www.iracingstats.com. It just kind of uh, shows you which series is the most popular on iRacing. And the cool thing about this is how simple it is. I mean, he just basically has uh, most popular road, most popular oval, and dirt. And uh, I think other than dirt that's sectioned off by a couple of other sections, I mean, that's pretty much it. And you just get the um, drivers per race and the starts. And it's uh, done completely by season. So it's a real nice, quick, easy yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's, it's a really good, uh, quick way to find out what guys are racing this season. Um, most of it, I mean, most of it's not surprising as far as if it's, a, you know, the series you're familiar with. But where this would be perfect um, is if you're looking between a couple of different cars. I know uh, for me, not too long ago, I was looking at uh, working on road. And out when not driving the road, I had no idea which car I should buy because I didn't want to buy something that I couldn't race because the races weren't being kicked off. Right. And you wouldn't want to buy one on that. the bottom of the list here. Yeah, Exactly. Exactly. And it, yeah, this is a great easy tool uh, just to see what people are running. And it's uh, www.iracingstats.com.
2: So if you're looking at it here, so it shows the stats of drivers per race slash how many starts have, how many people have started that week. So like the Global Mazda Cup has had 80 dri- 88 drivers per race slash, you know, with 6,000, over 6,000 people have raced that week. Huh. It's a season. Oh, it's season? Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Season, season one. Yeah. Season, sorry.
0: Yeah, what's other is interesting, the oval side, the Class B fixed is the most popular. And then Pickup Cup, and then the Street Stock, and then the car. And the A car is way down the list. I'm kind of surprised by that, but it is off season.
2: The A car is still not even
0: popular, even when NIS
2: NIS is the only one that's popular with the A car. You know, there's not very many participation with the A car just to maybe just do setups to before the NIS races. That's probably the only time it gets participation in NIS season. Right.
1: I really expected the C fix to be at the top of the list because it seems like when I race, that's the lobby that's always the most full, the most splits.
5: Yeah, yeah, with you. I I hardly ever see. It doesn't seem like I see that many people in the in the uh, B races. But I guess maybe it's because uh, those C races, those C fix, run every hour, and the the Bs are every two hours. So that's I guess when you're doing it this way, you have you know you'll have more
0: drivers. Whatever you see them, it's math. <laughs> I'm kind of su- surprised Pickup Cup is so high on the list compared to Delara Dash and Carburetor Cup. Those three are kind of similar unofficial races, and but pickup cup is, you know, 3 4 times the participation the others are.
4: That
2: carb cup is those 10 people that are, go in it on average are probably the same 10 people every time. Okay, well let's keep moving. Uh, active members, Greg. All right, so um just bring it up here. Tyler Hudson was just uh talking about the uh, active membership, so um he was talking about I haven't uh, who posted this thread first. I was just trying to see
0: here the threads Scott about Tyler? something different, but
2: okay So Tyler has posted in it um, Some numbers on what we got here active numbers wise and sorry I lost part of the page here. I'm just bringing it back up um, So he hasn't read through much of this trip, but the membership does continue to grow Uh, two years ago when I first started working for iRacing the membership was roughly around 55,000 so that's Tyler saying that Um, currently we're at about almost 81,000 active members Uh, in the gaming world still a lot of a lot to be gained but is definitely growing Uh, I think back to those days in 2008 when I first signed up and that was uh, like trying to get into an official race so that's a You know, that's a really good number to start. You know, you're starting going up, you know. That's
0: 32% higher in two years. And that's a huge gain. And that's that's active members, too. That's pretty good.
4: Yeah, that's what I was going to say.
0: All right. Next, uh, beta UI. Hashtag very soon again. Okay, I'll take this one. Finally, we get a staff response about beta. Okay, we've gone for several weeks in a row in the forums with the pitchforks and uh, everybody getting rallied up about the beta UI without any response from the staff. And then we finally got some this week. Uh, It says, also, we are working on a plan to completely revamp performance. We are not ready to announce anything yet, but it will be very soon. Uh, Another uh, tidbit uh, says, we are aware of how it works with project cars. Referring to the VR solution where you don't have to have the VR on to be in the UI. You can be on your monitor and then you can push a button and put on your VR. That's what he's referring to with project cars. We are aware of that and working on a solution for iRacing. If we worked on this VR request issue first, we would not have the time of day right now. And what he's referring to there is uh, they just made it a lower priority to fix this beta UI performance stuff um, and the VR issues. He also went on to say, I'm saying it is mainly a graphical engineering project for us currently. Now, by pulling an engineer off to do this, we'll be delaying HDR and things like that. This is why these decisions are not easy, because the right answer depends on your perspective. If you don't use VR, you don't care. However, there is another possible solution that we are exploring, which is a web-based, but a much bigger decision overall. But if we go down that path, it could be solved by web engineers and not as much by system architects or graphical engineers. Sounds Let's like they sh-
4: stretch kind of thin.
0: Well, what I re- like about what he said there is the, Hey, there's another possible solution we are exploring, which is web based. Wow. Yeah. That's what I want, right? That's the, what we want. Yeah. Yeah. Just do that. <laughs> Forget this other stuff. Cause well, even if they fix the
5: VR problem, you're still going to have the annoying thing unless they change this as well. Um, like you said, Mike, where you start up uh, the beta UI and it, you know, it's basically starting up the SIM and you have all your, your video card and all this other crap running when maybe you're just sitting there for the next hour waiting for a race to start.
1: Anytime I racing brings up the beta UI, my brain is just pre-programmed to tune right out. That's how much I dislike it.
2: <laughs> Re- reading that last part there, It sounds like they're basing their projects on the people they have and not what the way they want to go down. Because if you see it, it sounds like they're not gonna. They don't need the architecture or graphical engineer. It sounds like they have those, and that's why they're doing this because they have those type of people instead of having the people to do something that another way.
4: I wonder what the big decision is. Because would that be platform related? Because if they wanted to go with Xbox, PS4, or whatever, um, they couldn't really do the web-based as much.
2: That's what I'm wondering, too, is, you know, the way that they're going with this to make it a, a, something
0: that you can, a shelf product. Who knows? All right, let's keep moving. Mason, artificial intelligence coming to you sooner. Yeah,
4: so there's a uh, forum post here, AI Q&A, by Nick Neven, he had a bunch of questions, and Alexander Horn hopped on the horn to answer them. Uh, so he, one of the big questions is, uh, are they going to be developed on a line with a secondary option like on the dirt? Whenever the line gets worn in, are they going to move around to find it? And said so that the plan is that the lines will vary with the conditions. Also talking about max car counts, are you going to be able to have more than what more than six, six different types of cars now? Um, no. It's going to be the same that apply unless you have a computer that can actually handle a gajillion cars on the track at once. Uh, what's the difference in strain? Um, not every that everything's done on your PC, but it's hard to quantify what impact it'll have, so wait and see on that one. And uh, pitting, are the AIs going to have intelligence to pit whenever... It's most strategic, or are they just going to pit whenever they run out of fuel? And the answer to that one is there is going to be some intelligence built in there. And finally, another question, what types of adjustments to the AI will we be able to do to set up these races? Uh, The currently planned driver ratings are going to be skill, optimism, aggressiveness, smoothness, age, pit strategy risk-taking, and pit crew skill. So you can customize those things, and there will be a tooltip tip that will help uh, describe what each thing affects.
2: Wow. It's a good description there and helping out there.
4: Yeah. Um, also, it says you'll be able to set up seasons with these. So, essentially creating a career mode. Uh, let's see. You can create your opponent roster from scratch by car class. So, you'd select LMP1 class with six drivers, GT class with 24 drivers, and GT3 class with 30. Again, if your PC can handle it, that kind of stuff uh one more thing let's see i'll be can, testing that yeah you can um race the ai on any car track combination so you could have the f1 cars at irwindale doing the figure eight or the lotus 49s at lanier whatever your little heart desires
2: see this 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 really goes kind of with the last part there we were talking about is it something that they're starting to create a product um that's going to be distributed on multiple things, not just PC. Yeah. And
4: here's a here's a big thing that will affect setup guys. Um it says you will not be able to load setups to the AI cars. You will be able to adjust their strength using the factors mentioned before. So that kind of sucks. What? So you can't collect telemetry from them.
2: Could be something that could add down the road though, if people ask for it.
1: This really is good info considering they've been overall very quiet about the ai since they announced it over about a year ago now isn't it now that's
2: yeah. the that's the question i was going to ask when i was watching this because even alex horn said someone had put hashtag soon and then alex horn did a you know that face an emoji that looks <laughs> like it's you know lurking emoji it's not like it's it's got something it wants to say soon and then they haven't announced anything but is it we're only a couple of weeks away from the actual March build, right? Like, obviously we obviously got the whole month yeah. of February, but they I think really it's kept be March. tight they've tight, kept kind of tight lipped on exactly what everything is that's gonna be with that build. Yeah, he
4: said he's almost ready to formally announce things about it so they're getting there and uh one last thing on it um before i guess it had been rumored that they're going to roll it out only on certain road oval cars but now they're deciding to roll it out as a finished and complete project so it sounds like they're almost done
2: that was probably the decision they made in the last one not to release on the last build It probably was only going to be on select stuff yeah, let it
5: out. I mean, it just doesn't have to be like most of the, most of the stuff that they release has to be perfect, so people aren't you know burning down the forums. But with these, if it's a little buggy, who cares? Like, let it out. Let us beta test it. Let us yep. let us find the bugs. Like this, this isn't going to matter. Give us to it. Give it to us now. <laughs> that sounds great. We already saw it working months ago. You know. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's not blowing up our computers. It's it, we're good with it.
4: You're All violent right, keep... today, Chris. <laughs>
0: Let's keep going. going. Tony, Tyler, the tire teaser.
3: Yeah, this is all in regard to the super late models. Um, I did not know. I still don't know much about these cars, um, but I guess these cars have been broken for quite some time. Uh, So much, in fact, that um, over at the Posse Setup Emporium on the forums, there was almost a two-year break um, in in any kind of communication. So they, they, they used to release setups for the various tracks and, you know, helping guys out. But uh, the the one guy, uh, Ty Spearman, that was uh, releasing a lot of these setups where um, he basically just said, it's there's nothing we can do about it. He said, we, we can barely even race these cars. Uh, most time on the track is spent just trying not to wreck. Um, and uh, it looked like just the other day, yesterday uh tyler hudson come on and he said uh some more updates for this car to address much of the issues that that ty was talking about uh in the march build he said maybe even uh, version seven uh did i say that why no i did not but anything is possible so it sounds like for the guys that like to run the super late models that haven't been able to properly for quite some time might be uh getting a nice little gift come march hopefully i guess
0: Pave- pavement super late model they got it they got to be careful with them saying things like that if they don't bring it well he tyler just alluded to version 7 tire build to be in the march build so that was kind of like the
5: other little leak that we saw that made us positive it was coming out in the last build
0: or the one before that right it was about a
5: year ago right now yeah
0: that they said the <laughs> same thing
3: well no it says right here it says tyler said did i say that no he didn't yeah he said he but... didn't say it so <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay oh yeah he could be joking but it's hard to joke on it when you're just on a forum but uh, to me who like, knows
3: it sounds to me like they're they're very very close but you know hashtag soon
0: they got to have something in the March build. It's either going to be the AI or the tire or both. Well, I mean, it
2: sounds like <laughs> we, get, we got, we got into something confirmed in the next one here that I got. All right, Greg, you go ahead. New GTE car. So it sounds like, from what they're confirming, uh, Alex Horn has talked about that they're going to put a new GTE car coming out in March, or in the March build. Um, for the for our World Championship series in the GTE now there's some speculation on what it's going to be if it's going to be someone suggested it might be the M8 or the Corvette C7R um, but uh, I think it kind of upset some of the guys here or in there too like another GTE car why they haven't fixed you know what, are they going to have to remove the HPD car from the IMSA series are they going why didn't they update the LMP2 car so what do you guys think of another GTE car being added, especially
0: after we just ran, started running those cars? Well, if it's ready, it's ready, you know, bring it in. But uh, the guys are right about the LMP2s and whatnot. Uh, we really need those. Do you think it's going to
2: be the Corvette or the um, the M8? That's probably the only two pretty much options they got. Actually, they could be, I wonder if it could be the, uh, they have the Lamborghini as well.
4: Well, I didn't even think about that one. Um, what a, would you think the Ferrari would get the boot?
2: Well, no, I'm just because I'm trying to think. For, I'm just trying to think of all the cars that competed in even in uh, 24 Hours there.
4: Well, yeah, but it's the oldest GTE, right? Because the Ford's 2017, the Porsche is brand new.
2: Yeah. But
4: I think it's the I think it's the Corvette. Hmm.
2: The Corvette's been around for a long time. The other, the C6R or whatever we
0: have.
4: Yeah, it hasn't been updated so.
0: All right, let's keep moving. I got this one, 24 Hours of Charlotte. Uh, this is a reminder post, uh, February 16th. OP Racing will be hosting the 24 Hours of Charlotte. It is an oval race. Uh, the event will use the A uh and will be benefiting Mission 22, which is helping Army veterans or, excuse me, uh, military veterans um, with suicide and rate and that kind of thing. Uh, the entry fee, uh, fee per team is a minimum donation of $10 directly to Mission 22 via their website. A copy of that receipt uh, you provide to them. Um, you have to have at least one representative from your team on their Facebook group at OP Racing. If you guys want to get involved, that's coming up February 16th. Uh, let's go to hardware software. Greg, SimWorks Pro GT V3 Pedals. So Simworks, it's an
2: Australian company here, showing. Um, so they got a new version here, I guess, of a wheel. It's a fully adjustable style, um, mountable pedal. Well, it looks like it comes on a, a small base. It's obviously not a sturdy base. It's something to mount to. Um, it's. Uh, We're talking it's, about pedals, not a wheel, right? Yeah, yeah pedal, pedals. Sorry, they're they're. Uh, It says it's developed by uh, by drivers for drivers. So, obviously, it's a bold statement. So, obviously, they've been using, tested from some other drivers. But it's it's like metal construction. Um, They're not a hydraulic pedal. They're probably a load cell. I'm just trying to catch up on all the stuff here. It's actually a hydraulic and load cell. Oh, it's a hydraulic load cell. There, that's what I missed that. Okay, thanks, Mason. How could it be Um, both? That's confusing to me. So, it looks like... uh, it's $1,300 uh, Australian. It Australian
0: dollars. Um, yeah, this is out of Australia. Now, our listener sent us this, uh, Joe Baldwin. Thanks, Joe. Uh, he said he got these to upgrade from the Heiskenfeld Pros. And boy, the Heiskenfeld Pros is pretty much at the top of the list. And he's saying this is an upgrade to that. So, uh, yeah, thanks, Joe, for letting us know about these. I mean, these are definitely... Uh, some very high-end pedals that I think we haven't talked about yet.
4: And it says here it kind of replicates the forces experienced in V8 supercars, GT3, and LMP cars.
2: It's a pretty uh, steep price tag for them, though. I mean, it's a high-class pedal, obviously. So it's a pretty big price tag, though.
0: Yeah, sim works with an x dot com dot uh, so check those out, says Joe Baldwin. All right, Mason, Thrustmaster Phone Cradle.
4: Yeah, I saw this one on the uh, iRacing Drivers World Facebook page, and I, I thought it was kind of cool, so I brought it up. Um, this is for Thrustmaster bases and it's made by Rick Motec. Um It's a, a plate that goes in between your wheel and the base, and uh, it, you, you put your phone uh, and attach it to that plate. It's like a circle that goes around the base, and then, uh, a faceplate for your phone it's got a gut you can put your telemetry on there um, it looks kind of like the mazda mx5 telemetry they have up on the video so you can get your gear and your lap time and your miles per hour and the rpms um, just so that you can see that if you have your fov where you can't see it in the sim and you don't have vr so just a cool little thing little add-on for the Thrustmaster wheels
0: yeah, I think we talked about this a long, long time ago, but it is always good to bring it back up. This is a permanent mount kind of thing. It's not something you can take the phone in and out of easily. Uh, you would have to have a dedicated phone to sit in it.
4: Or even an old iPod or something. It's yeah. uh, 45 bucks for, for this add-on. All
0: right. Tony, we found another company, opensimracing.com.
3: Yeah. Yeah, opensimracing.com. These are uh, a do-it-yourself uh, guys that uh, basically supply you with all the parts. You just got to put it together yourself. And uh, um, uh, these guys look like they do a nice job with um, the stuff that they're they're offering. I mean, you can get just about anything you need from rigs to uh, wheel parts, pedals, um, and if you're in Canada and you're looking for Huskenveld pedals, these are your guys. Um, I don't believe there are too many carriers for that kind of product here in Canada. Um, Might have to wait a little bit because they are sold out at the, uh, at the moment. But um, I was looking at their racing rigs and uh, I mean, you can, if you just want to, you know, buy the plans they'll just sell you the plans and you can find all this all the uh hardware on your own but um they also
0: yeah you can buy the whole thing though
3: yeah yeah and um i'm kind of looking at the prices and i gotta be honest they're they're not terrible and i'm used to seeing such stupid crazy high prices in canada
0: yeah Um, under uh 600 us for uh 80 20 uh triple monitor stationary cockpit it looks pretty nice. It's under six hundred bucks. Pretty good price, I thought.
3: Yeah, yeah. So in in yeah, Canadian that works out to eight fifty, but it's still under a thousand dollars, and that's just not something I'm used to seeing um up
0: here. Usually we just get bent over the table. They got an um, odd looking uh formula rig where the guy's almost laying down like a Formula One car.
4: Damn, there's no duct tape too. No duct tape
3: involved either.
4: <laughs>
3: no, I had to step out of the out of the duct tape office to to read this one here. This is a little, little more cleaner and and higher end stuff than what I'm used to talking about, but um, it's still very visual pleasing and it's you know what, it's uh, it gives you that do it yourself option, so you can. Do you see the price on that?
2: That's pretty good price. The F1 rig,
0: uh, one hundred twenty one dollars.
2: Like that's usually that's like a, a wheel stand you get for that price. Not something that you sit down in. I think they make this one out of cardboard though. Yeah, I know.
3: No, it's uh, yeah. Maybe it's a typo. <laughs> you wouldn't, you wouldn't think it would be that um, cheap. Yeah. That it's... cheap. Yeah.
0: Cause it's, it's, Oh, I like... know what it. Is. I know that it is. Okay. I see what it is. You got to do all the CNCing yourself. Oh, this is right? just the parts or it's just the plans. I'm sorry.
2: Yeah, you're paying 160 dollars for the plans. Aha. Research.
0: All right, let's keep going. Chris, the Pimax 5K review. Um. Yeah, and this is uh
5: another guy that looks like he got his hands on um one of the new Primax 5Ks. Jenny uh, Polamary, um, his name. Um. The the reviews seem to be. Uh, Kind of echo uh, what we have seen so far, um, a, a pretty similar, similar to the CV1, but with um, a better uh, better pixel density, um, better picture. Um, might be a little bit more in, in, intense for your graphics card. Um, I'm sorry, Mason, maybe you can help me out here. I did notice that you had mentioned that he had a, a setup um, fix here, but I, I, I didn't catch it. Is somebody I- having some issues with the new Primax?
4: Yeah, about three quarters of the way down the page, it's, it's the tracking sensor placement. It seems to be whatever the Mige motor is is off or on, something to do with that. Um, it's it's like I said, it's about halfway down the page on a January 26th post. Um, that he has directions
0: on that.
5: Oh. oh okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think I had seen a couple other people um
0: um post about that. And I think, yeah, one uh, guy, a of the other headsets have similar problems. Yeah, one guy said he likes to take the, or lift the headset up like during caution and so he can see or get a get a you know some cool cooling and uh every time he does that with this one it loses its tracking and it messes things up. So does this have this has a does this have a tracking in the headset
5: or does this have like towers or sensors similar to the the Vive and um
0: Rift? I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, that one, uh, there are mixed results about the tracking, I've, yeah, definitely. All right, Mason, Curve Screen VR. Yeah, this
4: is pretty sweet. Um, it's a, a post on patentlyapple.com. Um, it's saying that Samsung has gotten the patent to invent a next-gen Gear VR headset that provides a curved display for a more natural field of view and more. So uh, it looks the, the image that they drew up there looks kind of like um, I haven't been watching Star Trek lately, so it looks like Lieutenant LaForge, but with Jordy. yep, yep, but with a bigger bigger screen size there, so um, it's gonna be kind of cool there to see what they, they end up doing with the curved screen vR since right now I believe they're flat panels, right
0: yep, and uh you know Samsung has the uh, new s ten galaxy phone coming out uh supposedly with a foldable display. And so we know that, you know, screens can bend like this now. And so, yeah, this would be the next step is uh, no flat panels, you know, in these VR goggles. Just have one continuous panel that's, you know, half oval. It's in a circle.
1: I'm excited. I can't wait that peripheral in VRs.
0: All right. Next, Greg, the golden standard for SIM rigs.
2: Oh, yeah.
0: This is going to be fun.
2: So a listener asked for uh, a picture of a professional podcaster here tony groves his rig so he obliged on the iRacers lounge facebook page um tony do you want to go through it here and describe what uh, you it is here
3: well or, i mean uh, it's pretty much your standard pvc uh rig um it's probably not as you know nice and clean as it's uh, what a lot of people do well yeah it's because i cheaped out it's not actually pvc it's abs um but uh it's strong enough for what i need it for um this is slightly modified from the you know the the simulator uh plans that pretty much everybody uses as a base um i just have it raised up a bit so it's uh sits nicer with my with my desk set up um i got a nice little uh mouse perch there and uh the gear shift shelf uh is not all that ideal if i'm not constantly making sure it's tightened down the damn thing comes off in my hands every now and again um haven't quite figured out a solution for that yet but i'm sure it's going to involve either velcro or duct tape there you go um get some twine
0: i love the seat <laughs> man
3: yeah the, flush. Yeah, that seat's out of a an old Grand Dam or Grand Prix of some sort. I, I snagged the uh the passenger side seat out of that. Um, I had a chance at uh at an actual race seat, but I was going strictly for comfort here. So I, I can sit in this thing for hours um without any issues at all.
2: Is your uh pedals pinched between two boards there or are they actually screwed in as well?
3: No, my pedals aren't screwed in. There, There is a board at the bottom, so the pedals don't slide down. Um, amazingly, though, it, they actually stay in place pretty darn good. They slide a, every now and again if I get a little crazy, but uh, they work pretty well.
2: Why would, right. You need to put something that they don't move at all. Like well, a little galvanized strap for like plumbing strap. I think that would, right against the back here, that would hold it down nice.
3: Yes, so I didn't want to strap down my my pedals because i i wasn't 100 percent sure if i was going to keep the uh the board that it sits on on top of the um the the one abs pipe or if i was going to change it and mount it underneath i just wasn't sure of the angle but that was like you know six or eight months ago i'm pretty sure it's going to stay where it is i just haven't got around to it
2: and i'm guessing that one simple board beside the seat is just like an armrest for your Backholder. arm nope, holder oh, okay. no that's
3: no no, that that's for a mouse. Um, I actually <laughs> never use it, but uh, that's what it's that's what I put it there for. You
5: must have a tiny mouse.
3: What? I, I ju- <laughs> yeah. I kind of look like one of those little. It's uh,
2: short
0: strokes for him. Short strokes. Just jack jack oh. the
1: sensitivity way up on the mouse so you can use it.
0: All right. Nice looking rig there, Tony. All right. Thanks. (laughs) Let's go into the next one. Uh, Tony, you got hybrid racing sims new wheel.
3: Yeah. um, I was, uh, I don't don't know. I don't know what kind of wheel it is. It's a half wheel. Um, It's
2: like a GT wheel. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a GT wheel.
3: There you go. (laughs) Um, I'm not generally a big fan of these uh and i don't know why maybe it's just because i've never used one i've never put my hands on one um but uh i believe the picture that they're showing us is actually one that they had uh used as a limited edition for for the last couple of years but they've got a revamped version of this um it build quality it does look solid it's got your you you know all the buttons and dials that you need the wheels wrapped in a nice light colored uh suede um
0: wow it's a it's gold colored it's it's a bright gold and that's what makes this wheel this pop
3: yeah and i think i see some carbon fiber uh um shifters just snuck in behind they, they only give you the one picture to look at but uh um, a lot of, according to the comments, every, everybody goes uh, kind of going crazy over the looks of this thing.
0: Yeah, the, yeah, the gold suede is is just very unique. I've never seen a wheel like that.
2: It's nice stitching, too, on it. The other thing uh, I noticed on it, you know, I guess you could have a custom front plate here on the front of it. Because it's showing uh, Monaco on the track. It looks like Monaco. Yeah, it's Monaco. Um, track. You know, if you guys had a custom rim like th- or rim like this, what, what track would you have on the center if you could? Probably be
0: Daytona. But, yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, Neat-looking wheel. All right, let's keep going. Uh, we're almost out of time. Uh, I got the next one, Rig Review. This is from James Summers Jr. in the forums. He put up some pictures of his cockpit. Uh, he built, actually, a long time ago. But, man, do you see the pictures of this thing? I mean, his dash... This is the biggest dash I've ever seen. It, I mean, he's got a dash that goes underneath all three of his triple screens. And the screens kind of sit on this dash. And he's got flip switches and buttons and gauges and RPM and everything. It's crazy. Speakers like built
2: in there. Is that what those things, those two little at the ends there? I, I was going to think they were speakers, but. Yeah. And then it's got analog gauges. That's pretty sweet.
4: Kind of place to hang his wheel. I don't know why you would want to take that off.
2: Probably in and out, so you don't break, because that's usually the most common thing to break is when your people use pressure to get
0: in and out of the uh, a wheel. Yeah, to build a custom dash like that, that's really taking it to another level. I think those always look so cool.
2: Tony, come- I think it's it's missing the Tony labels though. It needs Tony's labels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah this
3: this guy's done a really nice job everything is just so clean and polished it's uh it's it's quite impressive i know we've looked at um quite a few of these you know over the course of the last while um but this one it almost kind of kind of going back and it probably ages me a little bit but knight rider uh the inside of kit the inside of kit this is kind of what it reminds me of
0: yeah control center
2: all the wiring for all those gauges, like if you go through that photo or the, the photos things he's got posted here of the whole build. Look at the wires
0: behind the dash. Yeah, well, every button's got one. He's got all those. Holy crap. Yeah, pretty cool. It looks like it was initially built out of wood. Yeah, pretty nice uh, setup. Uh, crazy looking at those pictures. Nice work, right. James. Yeah, good job, uh, James Summers. All right, uh, final story, Greg. Jinx shifters.
2: So, uh, just, uh, J.P. Simshed posted a thing up on their uh, Facebook page. Um, I won't go through the whole post here, but it looks like someone was wanting a custom-built, um, ARB lever to go with their sequential shifter. So, uh, um, looks like they came up with this, uh, this, what the uh, I'm just trying to the A R B lever is that just like the handbrake? I'm just trying to figure out anti roll bar. Oh, the anti roll bars. Okay, that makes sense. Sorry, that's good. My bad on that one. Um, but,
0: so it's a three lever system.
2: And you know, it's it I guess it mounts to any eighty twenty chassis. Um, it can be on both sides, left or right. But it's a it looks like a pretty heavy duty metal construction with uh color-coded uh levers and a
0: an easy plug-in system it's a very nice looking setup uh jinx shifters and uh yeah if you look at their their website you can actually see it mounted on a um on an actual eighty-twenty rig like right up on one of the rails it like perfectly fits and uh very impressed i mean we've seen some good shifters recently this one is right there with them.
2: So you got to contact Simon at jinxshifters at gmail.com. So it's j i n x shifters
0: at gmail.com. Yeah, they have a Facebook under the same name. And so that's where you can see all the pictures. But yeah, it looks like a really nice setup. It's made out of metal. Uh, they look bulletproof. Uh, the wiring looks clean. Uh, they're low profile. They look like they're easy to mount. No idea on pricing.
2: They don't look cheap. They don't look cheap. They probably are pretty
0: expensive. (laughs) They look nice. Like I said, these are definitely nice ones. All right. Well, that's it. Let's go into uh, final thoughts. Uh, I guess uh, Chris Scales, you're first.
5: Uh, Don't have much this week. Uh, Just uh, ready to get NIS started. Same
2: as usual. All right. Very good. Greg Hector's final thought? Uh, Just uh, looking forward to next week's race at Iowa. The final one before the playoffs for the Old Bastards Racing League um and uh yeah you can come follow me on uh watch my race anything i race i'll be racing some endurance stuff this weekend uh at uh twitch.tv slash frozen cactus frozen with two o's or frozen with two o's cactus with two k's and uh yeah just looking forward to racing as much as i can this weekend all right very good mason stiver
4: yeah um Just a little recap on the Online Sim Racing Association, uh, Daytona, uh, 2011 at sunset. Uh, I had an awful race. I wrecked on lap two. Uh, or got wrecked on lap two, and accidentally pushed my toe button, and went down two laps. Never got him back. Just kept everybody kept wrecking. It was a it was a pretty crappy race, but uh, I just got in the mail my track IR system. Excited to test that out tonight and uh, see if that might help me avoid wrecks. I don't know. We'll see.
0: Track IR. That's where it looks to the apex.
3: Yeah, it's whatever Greg has.
0: All right. Well, good luck with that. All right, Tony Groves. Final thought
3: yeah you guys uh kind of surprised me a little bit by throwing up the uh, that that post uh, of my rig um, I didn't see that one coming that um, was uh I'm such a uh, I'm terrible at social media stuff I don't no good at it but uh, I gotta say I've been uh, when i when I posted it up on the on the uh, podcast uh, Facebook page I had a lot of fun interacting. Um, with everybody that was posting up their pictures of, you know, their rigs and, and stuff like that. Um, I did say that I'd post up kind of the, uh, um, evolution of my, uh, my sim racing setups over the last couple of years. Um, I'm still trying to find a couple of pictures that really put it all into perspective, so to speak, um, Boy, I tell you it uh, it gets real redneck, holy cow um, but uh, yeah, just wanted to, I had a lot of I was having a lot of fun uh, uh, talking with some of the listeners and and uh, whoever was throwing in their thoughts there so I'm gonna get those other pictures posted up and look forward to uh, to more conversation on them.
0: okay, very good And uh, special guest Josh Sleader, thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining the team and uh, what are your final thoughts?
1: I'm uh, just looking forward to being a part of the team, um, seeing what we can accomplish going forward throughout the 2019 year, and I think it's really going to help me become a better racer, having uh, a team to rely on and work on things together. So, yeah, I'm just looking forward to that and see what I can contribute to to the team going forward too, so I appreciate it.
0: All right, very good. Uh, yeah, we're happy to have you. All right, and my final thoughts, uh, yeah, I still am struggling with streaming. Uh, I actually did some more experimentation today where I turned down some of the graphical settings and ran the stream, and it worked perfectly fine. So, uh, basically, I can't stream when I have all the bells and whistles turned on. You think with my 1080 Ti and all that, I'd be able to do that, but apparently not. And so, uh, I'm still trying to figure that out. I don't think I'm willing to turn off all the graphical stuff. I don't really care too much about streaming. I just kind of do it for fun, but I'm more concerned about the eye candy. I want every little box checked, and I want everything turned on because it looks freaking awesome, and when I turned it down for the test, I could tell the difference. It was a, it was big, and so I, I don't think I'm going to be streaming. I'm just going to leave everything turned on and let it let it rip uh other than that i mean we we are growing Uh, we did add a new team member Uh, we're probably looking at one more maybe so uh, if you're interested hit me up and with that we'll see you on the track later thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast make sure to go subscribe to us on itunes soundcloud or google play facebook and twitter See you on the track.